I find that a, an aspect that emerges clearly from this, this parable and is very comforting is that God doesn't give up on anyone. You know, he, he, keep, he keeps knocking at people's doors at every hour of the day at every stage of their lives. You know, maybe you know, you're thinking of people that you know that are away from God or are, have taken the wrong turn in life. And you wonder, you know, what, what's going to happen. But this is comforting to know Christ is always knocking at their doors. And he's, he's insisting and searching for them until the last moment, every, every single moment. Um, now, something interesting that I'd like to reflect more on in this homily today is rather what happens when they do come, you know. Because it's strange that kind of the reaction of people who are in the kingdom and see other late arrivals start to get a bit jealous of what happens with them, you know. Um, and it may happen to people I've, I've seen that take place, in fact. You know, someone you've been praying for for a long time, and finally she comes to church, or he comes to church, say, it's your nephew. And I say, well, it's been years. And finally, he comes and he gets super involved. He starts to pray, you know, very intensely. He serves in church, and you say, well, he's more Catholic now than I am. I wouldn't be Catholic all my life. And you may start to feel a bit like jealous of kind of why is it that he's growing so much and I'm maybe stuck here. Well, maybe that will justify some people saying, I don't want to go to church because people there are always competing and talking about each other. And I would say, well, that's not the case. You know, that, that happens absolutely everywhere in life. People compete. We compare ourselves in every sort of area also in religion, but it happens at the workshop, happens in school, in sports, in family life, in the streets, everywhere you go. Look at him who's got, a, he got the highest grade, or why? Or look at him, they gave, they gave her the rice and I was expecting that for myself, or, or she's my dad's favorite, or, um, you know, or they also always get the most attention in a party and so on. We're always drawing this sort of comparisons and I think this is even more intense with social media today. You look at people's Instagram and you say, well, they have all so many likes and all these many people are following them. Or look at the place they're going to. And all this, you know, I think this competition gets even more, more intense with all of this. It looks, when you look at social media, that, you know, it looks as if everybody else got, uh, their lives were more, more put together and fun than mine. Do you find yourself making these comparisons a lot? Or sometimes you see maybe a lot how you rank in comparison with other people? I think that's what, what is at play in this parable also. And that's why I'd like to especially focus on that and, and see what, what lessons we can draw from the Word of God on this. The first one is what the Lord would say to us, I think, first place, is focus on your lane. You're driving on your lane, just focus on what you're doing. Don't look right and left. Don't look at what other people are doing. You have enough to do with your own life. I mean, if you're going to do something for others to help them, it's fine to look at, into their lives. But otherwise, kind of mind your own business in a sense. Uh, the Lord, you know, remember what Jesus said to Peter when they were walking on the shore in that final moment before, uh, in the resurrection, right, in the, before the ascension. And Peter was curious about John. There was some, maybe some sort of little rivalry there, right? And Peter said to Jesus, well, what, what will happen with him? And Jesus says, well, if I want him to stay until I return to this earth, 
What's that? That's not your business. That's, that's not, none of you to know, for you to know. You follow me, Peter. And I think that's exactly what he would tell us many times, where we lose a lot of energy and time comparing ourselves or competing mentally with other people. He would say, just focus on your, what you have to do and stop looking around or browsing social media so much in that sort of sense. The second thing that the Lord would say to us is, don't be deceived by appearances. Don't be deceived by how things look. Those early comers look at the people who came at the last hour as if they were super lucky. They had to work only one hour and they got the same salary, right? But what do they know? I mean, in, true, in actual life, people who convert late in life usually regret how late they became Catholic, how late, how late they have known the Lord. It's not that they feel very privileged because of that. The real problem with people who, who are the early comers there is that they think that shining more than others or getting to that better place where others are at will change everything. And it does not. You know, the root problem when I compare myself or how people give me the credit or how people talk about me with a lot of other people is really that I'm not quite content with my own life. That's kind of the real bottom problem. And having other people, many people tell me how great my life looks, it's not really going to change that perception if if it's there. I remember many years ago there was a movie called I Am Sam, you may remember that one. It's a story of this man who, who had a, some mental disability, and so he was a single parent. He was raising a, a little daughter, and at some point, the state wanted to take this daughter away from him because they said he couldn't really take care of her. And so he said, well, I have no money to hire a lawyer and do all this. And then this very successful, attractive lawyer, Rita, jumps in, and he says she's going to take his case pro bono, so not, with no pay. And at some point in the movie, Sam is about to lose heart. He says, I cannot fight anymore. I'm going to give up. And he says to the lawyer, no, people like you don't understand because your life is perfect. And at that, you know, this lawyer, this lady, this very attractive lady, explodes and says, well, how do you know my life is so perfect? What do you know about people like me? People like me who has husbands who have left them for other people much more perfect than them? or whose 10-year-old tells them that they hate, they hate me? How do you know? Do you think you have a monopoly on suffering or something? And I think it's a, it's a good point. You know, some people's lives may look perfect from the outside, but, you know, what do we know, really? The fact that they are successful and admired, maybe, may, may be nice, of course, but it doesn't really solve a lot of issues or problems people may, may deal with, and it wouldn't solve my own problems either if I wasn't in that position, right? So second thing is don't be deceived by the appearances. You know, when you look at something on Instagram, it looks so perfect. It may not be exactly all, all that is. The third thing, Jesus would say to us, you know, focus on the real reward. And here I get to that feeling low about my own life. The real reward is what the Lord promises us in the Gospel of John. He says, to those who received the Son of God, he gave them the power to become children of God, to become heirs of the kingdom, to know that you're loved by the Father very 
profoundly, deeply, um, in a personal way. That's the highest dignity there is. And God will give you that to, that to you. That's what I think is the, the daily wage. That's why all get the same wage. Because in the end, the recompense, the reward is we are received as heirs of the kingdom. We're all sons and daughters. We're princes and princesses in that kingdom. It doesn't make sense to say, well, why do they all have the same dignity? It's a great dignity. And, you know, I, I've seen the impact that this makes in people's lives when they really become, experience the love of God. It's so transforming. I've seen people from all backgrounds go through that, receive that love or that grace at a given moment in their lives. People who were violent prisoners, in, in, in an inmates in prison, uh, people, successful politicians, young students, parents, you know, people from all walks of life in Argentina, in here, in, 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 you know, in big cities, in slums. And it's always transforming. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of things in your life or if you have a lot of challenges and little things, many, not many, many things. That discovering that you have that dignity, that you're loved by the Father, makes all the difference. Because that's what we look for in the end. We want to be, why do we want to be admired or people pay attention to us? Because we want to be loved. But it's only, only God's love is the one that never fails, the one that is always there. So when you encounter, encounter that, you encounter the real gem, the real treasure. And finally, the Lord would say to us, you know, see your talents as ways to serve in your mission, and not as ways to shine. This, discover your talents as tools for serving others in the mission or the purpose that the Lord has given you, not as tools to shine more than other people. Because if I look at my talents as ways to, tools to, for shining more than others, I enter that rat race of competition. And you know what? It's always anxious. It's always restless. It's, it never ends. Because there's always going to be someone who shines more than I, I shine. So it's a never-ending game. Uh, an example came to mind of kind of two people who, who portray these two different attitudes. You know, it was in the life of St. Thomas More, uh, the great English saint who was a lawyer, came to be the great chancellor in England, the second man after the king, and ended up being a martyr. So he, he went through a lot of things in his life. But there's a moment when, when in the kind of height of his power, when this young, an ambitious man, Richard Rich, comes to him and says, I would like to have this position in court if you find, or if you have anything that I, any position I can get to. And Thomas More knew Richard Rich, and he knew he was, uh, he would be corrupted by the life of the court. And he said to him, I, you know, I don't think you're made for the court, Richard. I think you should become a teacher. You, you would actually make a really great teacher. And Richard is super annoyed and says to him, well, I knew if I did, who would care? Who would know? And Thomas More says, you would know. Your students would know. Your friends, your family would know. God would know. That's not a bad audience, is it? You know, and that's, I think Thomas More and Richard Rich portray these two ways of looking at your talents. They can be tools for me to serve this mission that is greater than myself and is ultimately much more fulfilling than if I live purely just to shine. Because that's it's self-defeating self in the end. 
So focus on your lane, the task you have, not in comparing what other people are getting or doing. Don't be deceived by the appearances. Discover the real reward and then focus on the mission. Use your talents for the great purpose for which God has created you. May we pray. Lord Jesus, I, I am grateful, Lord, for all the good things I have received from your hands. Give me that grace of using my talents without comparing myself to that of to the life of others. And Lord, I accept that other people may surpass me in accomplishments and in how they shine in this life. I surrender that to you, Lord, as your will be done. As long as I live to the highest of my potential, I am I, content with my path, with the, with the life you have given me. In your holy name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.